welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sharad Schuler, and I'm so glad to be back with you guys again this week. Matter of fact, I'm so glad to be back in the grind seat. Your boy is in the solo grind seat this week, and I'm excited to talk to you all. With that being said, if you've been tracking with me over the last few episodes, you are aware uh, that we've got some exciting uh, heat happening in the month of August. I know it's hot right now, but we're going to bring you a little more heat. Uh, Yes, because we have some conversations, some interviews lined up throughout the month of August that we'll be sharing on Fridays. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Behind the Grind. I don't know what you're waiting on. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification button as well. That way you're notified when we drop those episodes on Friday, along with being notified when we drop the 10 minute commutes, which uh, come out on Mondays, which will be inspiring messages, just 10 minute messages to inspire you on your week. And then you also want to make sure those notifications are set because from time to time we drop pop up episodes. And I'm feeling like I may be dropping quite a few of these pop-up episodes in the upcoming month of August as well. So with that being said, man, glad you are here. Glad that you are locked in. Uh, I am recording this episode from Paris, France. Your boy is in Europe. Yes, uh, this is my first time in Europe. Um, I remember back in right around 2008, I was considering it. Uh, But at the time, I remember individuals letting me know that it was expensive. And I'm not sure if that was the reason why I didn't make the uh, flight over here uh, during that time. But um, I do remember that being uh, happening during that time period, 2008, 2009. Uh, Considered it, like I said, but the cost was so different. And I found out um, since making the trip here in 2022 that this is the first time in 20 years that the euro and the dollar are pretty much the same. At one point, they were uh, the same amount here. And now, I believe as I'm recording this, it's probably 99 cent, you know, just slightly off a little bit, but really close. And that helps, you know, especially for shopping while you're over in Europe, you're able to shop and pretty much you can, whatever the price is, you're pretty much um, purchasing it for that price as opposed to trying to do those calculations. You know how we do in our head, trying to anticipate what the cost would be. Uh, has really helped out a lot by being here for the last several days uh, with the dollar being the same. So, all right. So let's now let's talk about some things today. Um, this leads me to my thought uh, to talk about economy, right? About the economy. And we've been talking about that a lot here on Behind the Grind. If you've been tracking with us, we've We've brought it up. We've been trying to prepare ourselves because we know that potentially there is going to be something uh, here in the near future that we all may want to be aware of. And even if not, it it doesn't hurt for us to be prepared and to be prepared just in case. I think we've gotten to a place that we need to just take note of what we've learned and that we don't repeat the same mistakes. So, again, this magic word of recession um, over the last few days, if you're paid attention, if you listen to uh, the news and, and if you listen to uh, e- the economy or business news, you're hearing that the word recession, there's a group of people that are looks like they're ready to see recession happen. They, they're constantly anticipating. And then there's a group of people that are trying to avoid 
uh, us defining the moment as recession until the numbers come out. You know, it, it, it sounds like a, just a delusional moment right here. You know, it, it reminds me of when I used to play ball. It, it reminds me of one team wanting to get the game over <laughs> and another team uh, wish they had a little more time on the clock so that they could potentially turn the game around. Um, regardless, it looks like we're headed that way um, based upon what we see, based upon the numbers and based upon what we thought the definition meant. It does appear that we are in a recession, but what we learned the other day, and again, I've been in banking for years, but what I've learned the other day, and this is new, we're learning this all together. We're all in class together, it seems like. We're learning that uh, because jobs are strong and because uh, people are still spending, there's some factors that is suggesting that we are not in a recession. And so whether we are or whether we're not, uh, it doesn't really matter. We really, what matters is what's happening in your personal world. And that's what we really want to focus on. We really want to focus on your world, your personal world, um, your personal economy. Yes, we have to be aware of what is being um, suggested because we don't want to be oblivious of it. And because those around us, those that whether we are uh, serving people in our, our community, in our cities, in our, you know, wherever we are, we need to be aware of what they may be facing, whether we're impacted by it directly or whether we're indirectly impacted. We need to be aware of what is being spoken. And many businesses are feeling it, obviously, because their costs are rising. Um, they are passing, you know, thinking or considering rising their costs, their prices, right? So if, if it costs you more uh, to do a service, right? You may have to lift your prices and that's how this all works, how prices are increased. Right. And the one thing about prices, once they go up, as though we're suggesting that they're going to come down one day, it's going to be hard to bring prices down. <laughs> you know, it's just a tough thing. I, I remember when I was in New York, I went to get a haircut and I think the haircut cost me about 60, 70 bucks. Right. I, I was in Brooklyn. I was limited and it was a barber shop right down the street. It was a nice, fancy barbershop in Brooklyn. And I went in there and, you know, had the whole red carpet laid out to me and everything. But I think it cost me about 75 bucks. And, you know, I was already trying to get a hold of paying 40 and 50 bucks for a haircut. So I'm paying 75 bucks for a haircut. I just, you know, because I paid the man I in some, some way through a app or some sort, I got an email. Now I've not been to the barbershop in probably over four or five months now, right? But I got an email that they let me know due to inflation, <laughs> they have risen their prices. So everybody is taking advantage of what's going on. So we say all that to say, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you need to be aware because even though it may not impact you, it may impact your employees, right? Your employees, it costs them more to buy some groceries. It costs them more to do certain things. They're going to probably be coming to you soon asking you for a raise or seeing how they can get a promotion because ultimately they're trying to raise their income because if their income is in increasing and everything else is increasing, eventually they're going to bring that to you. And you got to be aware of that, whether you're going to pay them, whether you're not going to pay them, you need to be aware. That's how this stuff works. Um, you may be in a corporation right now and you may feel that your corporation is doing really well and things are going a certain way. And we hope that they continue to go that way. But you need to be aware because you, uh, as we have seen in 2008, <laughs> corporations do the same thing. They find a way to, hey, we can use this time period 
to lay off our underperformers or we can take this time to lay off a, a group of or a section or we can merge with another organization. We can do so many different things during this time and we can hide it under this thing called recession. So really what I'm getting at is whether they define it as recession or not. If organizations and corporations who actually pay the people start determining that we're in a recession and they start making changes and making adjustments accordingly, it's going to impact us. And what we have not seen yet, as they just described, is the job seems strong. But if that if there's ever a shift in that standpoint, that is what's going to cause a huge uh, transition. Uh, for us here in the U.S. economy. So right now we're riding on the fact that we're not there in the recession yet and we'll listen to them. But that gives us time. Those of you who need to, it gives you time. Let's not take this as, oh, we're never going to make it there. This gives us time to prepare. And that's the, really the alarm that we want to raise to prepare. It doesn't hurt you to prepare, prepare, prepare. And so this is a time if you haven't already you know, if you don't have anything built up to prepare for this day, and it is likely that a lot of people aren't prepared. We just came out of the COVID that came up on us uh, out of nowhere. And, and many of us had to brunt through that. Right. So now we're really coming into what is truly a downturn. And so we're going to see it tough. You know, there's going to be a place. I don't believe we're going to be in a spot where there will be no food available. But the concern we're going to have is cost is going to be so high that a lot of people may not be able to afford it. We saw glimpses of that with the baby formula, right? The baby food formula that just gave you a glimpse of if something is hard to get, people will pay for whatever they need to pay for it. And those that can't afford it can't afford it. Right. And not only can they not afford it, but it, it, it help it, it, it takes out a group of people that really relies on a certain uh, substance or relies on a certain thing that if, if it hits all at once, that uh, group of people is impacted heavily and it could cause damage in other areas. And so these are the type of things that we may start experiencing more and more and more. We can't predict them all, but the best thing to do is get in position and prepare. And what I want to do is I'm going to share a conversation I had with my wife. And I think this is a way or approach or mindset we need to take right now. Like if you're like, I don't know what to do. There's a lot going on. I think the mindset is to shift and to make sure that you're in a position similar to Joseph and really shifting your mind to really think more. So how can I be a blessing to others? Right. I think that's where we're, where our mindsets have to shift to. How can we be a blessing to others and how can we build community within our tribes? Right. We need to find a tribe and we need to build community wherever that tribe is. It could be your your church. It could be in your local community. You need to start building amongst each other. I think as we start coming together in these pockets and these groups and uh, these these types of groups and, and, and seeing what one person can help another person with, it, it can be beneficial to us. Right. And it can also even lead to if one person loses a job, somebody in your network or in your group can maybe provide some type of resource or a job or help or assistance. And I think that's going to be the game changer for those that are going to win as we as we plow through the upcoming season that we we're going through. I think community is going to be hard. And it's interesting because we just came out of a time where we were stripped from being around each other that now we're seeing the need to be around each other and it would behoove us not to take advantage of being around your people, really building family, really building alliances, really learning how to work together. And, you know, I think I was listening to 
And you guys may have heard that interview with uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, he was on a podcast and he was talking and he even though, you know, he's a funny guy lately, he's been dropping a few nuggets that have been pretty, pretty powerful. And he was talking about how we as a, a community can work together. Right. We can work together, you know, and not have our egos in our way. And I think that's huge. If we can kill our egos, we are going to survive many things. I think the thing that is destroying or will destroy a lot of people. And we're seeing a glimpse of that right now. If you just pay attention, people whose egos get out of control are now starting to fall. <laughs> you look all around you, people whose egos are rising up, all these YouTubers, all of these uh, sensational overnight success people who have thought that they have built themselves up by themselves, which they may have. They're seeing that they're falling by themselves. It's going to still take a unit. It's going to still take a tribe. It's, who do you identify with? I'm going to just tell you the truth. I wouldn't be out here in the next few months and years out here alone. I wouldn't be out here alone ranger in it. <laughs> I would really find me someone to plug in. So with that being said, what I would like to do is I would like to bring my wife in on the conversation. I know I said earlier that I was the only one in the grind seat and I, that is true. Me and my wife are one. So we are together here on the Behind the Grind podcast to, together. But I'm going to bring her in. You guys don't get a chance to hear from her often, but I think this will be a great conversation or some things that we and her have talked about and some things that we're thinking about of how people can actually uh, navigate during this time as we as we're moving more so uh, in, into more uncertain times. And these uncertain times are going to be a little different as we we've talked about before. Uh, but before I introduce uh, my lovely wife, Bridget, I just want to say that we are actually um, having this conversation in Paris, France. Wow. What do you think about that, sweetheart? Oh, well, I'm loving that fact, of course. <laughs> I guess this is the only way we can kind of bait her to uh, come in on the podcast. <laughs> but no, we're going to you guys going to be hearing a lot more from her from time to time. Um, she's got a wealth of knowledge. But but me and her had been talking. So let me get set it up. Me and her have been talking about what can we do, you know, with the, the economy kind of moving off its hinges and things taking place and, um, you know, kind of taking that Joseph model. What is this some things that uh, we can do, Bridget, that that others can consider doing um, that will help them and set them up to be successful or help them get through uh, the times ahead? Well, one of the things really is kind of like what you just said a moment ago, and that is like building your community or even just building your network. Um, I don't think that we were ever meant to just sustain ourselves or just to fully depend on ourselves, but to actually uh, be able to lean and depend on people to where I bring my something to the table and you bring your something to the table and with those two somethings, we now got a whole lot of somethings. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe that that's really how it was um, designed and how it was meant to be. So um, one of the things that we could do, like you were saying, is to be able to do that. And you can do that by just starting with, you know, just where you are, your surroundings, um, your family, your group of friends, um, your neighbors, you know, so what you don't have. Or if we do come into a place to where um, what we need of, we don't have the ability to get, um, someone around you might able be able to have it. And so maybe you can learn how to bargain and trade with that individual who might need 
who might be in need of something that you actually have. And then in that way, it's a beautiful exchange to where we are both sustaining each other. So you're not just totally dependent upon me. I'm not just totally dependent upon you, but we have an exchange going. I think that's wonderful. I think what you're, what I'm hearing you're saying is, you know, typically when you think about survival, sometimes we, we turn inwardly, right? And we start thinking about how can we save ourselves? It's, it's more self-preservation, right? How can I save ourselves? And we saw a lot of that early on in the pandemic when people were all concerned about themselves in some cases, right? Where they were going to the stores. We remember those toilet the toilet paper runs, right? Where people were going to the stores and they were kind of hoarding things to make sure that they had it, right? And that they wouldn't be caught without uh, toilet paper. Now, of course, that's important. And we are talking about storing. We do want you to store up and have items and different things when times like this come and, you know, kind of take advantage of the prices at this rate before they go higher. We get all that. But at the same time, when does it, when do we cross that line, right? When we start thinking, um, that we don't care about our neighbor or care about our, or the person next to us, that we're only concerned about ourselves. That is the, the mindset we were probably going to need to break w- going forward, right? Going into, especially in our community, and I'm going to speak specifically to our community. I think our community has to be uh, ready to help each other out and really uh, use resources. And you mentioned bartering. So what that really means for those of you who are not aware of that. There may be something that I can do or something I can bring to the table that another person um, may not be able to do, but maybe they have something that I need that they can bring to the table. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to do a good job of building community, in, even in our community, right? Even in our, our living community, right? Physical living community. We want to build a, a place where we can have a place where people can come and they can they can exchange um, ideas, thoughts, and some of it could be information. Some of us don't know how to garden, for example, right? So there may be somebody in your group that can teach you how to garden, right? Some of us may not even know how to, um, you know, um, I don't know. What, what What is some things that you could probably see happening in the community, Bridget? Well, I mean, just from our, you know, discussions that we have, you know, and not everyone um, has a two-parent household. Some of us or some people are, you know, single parents um, for whatever reason. And um, if you have a job to where you have to be able to go to work during a certain time and, you know, like we experienced with the pandemic, school shut down, you need somebody to be able to uh, babysit if you are not one of the people who are fortunate, fortunate enough to be able to work from home. So you need someone to be able to, to be there. Not to necessarily take care of your kids, but, you know, just to watch them while they are doing their schoolwork or if your car breaks down and, you know, um, you obviously are not a mechanic, so you can't fix a car, but maybe your next door neighbor, um, maybe that is his trade. So just bargaining, you know, things of that nature. Um, So that kind of goes along with what you were saying about gardening. Yeah. So what it sounds like, and you guys remember this back in the day, you know, we don't, we don't hear about this a lot today, but there would be the village, right? You remember growing up in the neighborhood or in the projects or wherever you grew up, you knew that if you got out of line, it was okay for a person to discipline. Some of you may not uh, be old enough to have experienced the village. Nowadays, we don't really have villages because we're not allowed to uh, discipline other people's kids. But the idea here is that we're all in it together. 
And one of the, th the traits that if you go back into the civil rights movements and the different things like that, they were able to develop movements because people had a common ground and people were working together to see a, a, a common result, a common goal. And I think they were able to achieve things because people were willing to work together. And going back to, like I mentioned before, with the Kevin Hart thing, not being concerned of who's going to be in charge, who's going to lead this, who's going to do this, who's going to do this. Sometimes that gets in our way. Yes, we do need a leader. We do need somebody to spearhead it. We do need someone to be a project manager. We do need somebody uh, to organize. We, we, we need different roles within these communities and in this village. But it's important that we don't get caught up in trying to be the shining light, right? And I think that has been... The, the, the detriment of all of us. Some people are graced, right? And we have to acknowledge some people are graced to lead the group. And it's, it goes without saying. We don't, they don't even have to say it. We can tell that certain people have leadership traits. They have uh, things on them that we all can listen to them, right? And it's okay for us all to listen to them. The problem happens when someone else wants to take that light or someone else wants to get involved. But in order for us to move forward, I'm really seeing that, especially in our community, and I'm saying in our community, uh, in the black community, I really see that we can be successful, not because anything's against us, just the simple fact that we want to see people win, survive, get through things. You know, we've been in the South for quite some time. And when you really get a hold of people who who really lived in the South and, and grown up in the South and, and, and really lived that South life, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm in Atlanta, so we get a lot of people from all different places. But when you really talk to those people who are um, good Southern people, right? Would you say, Bridget, they really know the heart of taking care of people. They are open. They really know what they call Southern hospitality. They know how to invite you in and take you in and how to help you. And I think we need to get back to that. It reminds me of when um, I grew up, you know, definitely in the Midwest. And many of you can re probably remember these 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 moments those of us who have family in the south when you grow up in the midwest you know how your, your parents send you down to the south and you may spend a week two weeks maybe the whole summer was a free <laughs> babysitting hour for your grandparents to keep you in the in the summer and the the lifestyle in the south was a lot different than the lifestyle up north up north you were constantly moving right you're constantly doing stuff but down in the south your grandma will have you picking, um, helping and pitching in and helping with the peas, right? You would be outside helping grandpa cut down a tree limb, whatever the case may be. You are more in a community type environment. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade on the Midwest or anything of that nature, but I'm trying to paint a picture of the need uh, for us to get back to that place of, of, of that we're in this together, right? Nobody is going to outshine any other. And again, going back to my point earlier, I think we're in a day where the one hit wonders of the, the solo people are coming down, right? We're, we're seeing people who want all the limelight to themselves and don't want to help others. We're seeing that day coming to a close. We're seeing where a team or the collective coming together are the ones that are being successful. One of the exciting things this year of watching basketball and watching Golden State play was their ability to play together, their ability when Steph Curry need to come out of the game and let, you know, um, Poole come in and, and score, uh, they were able to make that exchange. And I won't mention any names, but there are other teams that people want the limelight. You put a stack of superstars on one team and, and they're worried about who's getting the limelight or, you know, who's, who's causing the team to lose. When in actuality, it's all about finding out how can I contribute to this team? How can I uh, synergetically get on this team, find out what this team needs, 
and play my role. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's the whole point of um, a community where everyone comes in as equals and everyone contributes. Now, your contribution might be different than my contribution, but it's still equal. We're, we're still partners, and I think that's the key. Um, we're still partners. Again, it might look differently. It might appear as if I might be contributing more or you might be contributing more. But the truth is, is that my contribution, um, if I didn't have your contribution, wouldn't be as great and vice versa. So it doesn't matter what I put in or what you put in. The bottom line is we need each other and we need what we both have to come to the table. Right. And so we've been talking again about Joseph. I think we all should go back. If you haven't read that story, really meditate on that story in this season. Because it's interesting. Again, Joseph was born in a, you know, born in a in a family at the time where you know his father. We go back to the beginning. His father gave him a coat of many colors, which put him as something special per se, right? Because he had the coat of many colors. But because he had that coat of many colors, what had happened with that? His brothers uh, got jealous. His brothers wanted to see him fall, and they actually really literally left him for dead, right, and gave him away. And um, throughout all that, the Bible continues to say, and I'll continue to rehearse this, but the Bible continues to say how Joseph was prosperous in all that he did, whether he was in the pit, whether he was in the palace, even though he went through certain circumstances, the Bible still called him prosperous. And at the end of the day, he put him in a position as we read that scripture and we read through Genesis and we read, read that story. The Bible talks about how Joseph went through all that and was put in a position where Joseph could have really stuck it to his family, right? When he was on the other side of that, when he won, um, when he was in Egypt and the famine hit, he had Egypt in such a situation because he had put things together. He had put stored things up. He put Egypt in such a place that they were, they were winning that other, uh, tribes and other places had to come and pull from Egypt's resources because of what Joseph did. One man did, but he did it for the collective, right? He was contributing to the collective. And at the end of the day, when his family, when he saw his family, he could have been that person that says, well, you didn't help me. <laughs> so why should I help you? Right. But his mindset was, no, this is still family. His mindset was still to help others when he was in a position that he could have really stuck it to him. And I think that spirit that we have in the land today is we want to see people fall. We want to see people um, hit rock bottom. I think that needs to be canceled. I think for you, the, the way that you're going to win moving forward is to get that ego out, right? To get that uh, idea of seeing others fall, um, getting that idea out that, hey, they got to get it on their own. They got to figure it out on their own. Yeah, you may not need to just... Uh, enable somebody and give it to them but you can show them right you can teach them you can provide something to help them along the way yes i may not be able to uh, uh um, provide a person a whole garden but i can show them how to set up a garden in their yard right i may not be able to show them how to you know there's certain things that i may not be able to just do for them but giving them the access and the information that they need to help them be successful especially during this time and i think that's the heart and the mindset that we need i think we need that joseph mindset going forward so um i know that was a lot i know we we're rambling a little bit here <laughs> you have any last minute thoughts that you wanted to share not really 
Exactly, sweetie. I think you really covered it. Um, I think you really um, talked about the topic, you know, very thoroughly. So, no, I don't really have anything additional. We are we're going to go on and finish enjoying Paris, but we figured we'll drop this podcast before we got out and hit the street and go and see the Eiffel Tower. But in the meantime, I want you to read over Joseph. I want you to pay attention and see what the things that he did and see how you can apply that in your day and see how you can build a tribe or contribute to a community uh, near you. Until next time, this is Shirai, and this is Behind the Grind.